We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister of the church, and we are so pleased to have you uh, worshiping with us and sharing in this message. Today, we're going to be talking about heaven, and I hope and pray that you will stay with me as we share these thoughts today, because uh, sometimes I wonder if uh, our world really, really believes in heaven. Uh, I know that uh, they are saying, the scholars and etc., that we are the first generation of people uh, who are reflecting uh, that uh, they doubt that there is anything uh, after this life. They're not living their lives as if there is a life beyond this. Being a Bible-believing person, and I trust that you are as well, that we know that in reading the scriptures that uh, certainly a very integral teaching of God's word is there is a heaven. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Oftentimes I say that the Bible can be divided into three areas. Starting from Genesis forward, that someone uh, is coming. Uh, and that, uh, uh, as we continue to read, that uh, someone has come, as we read in the Gospels about the birth of Christ, and that someone is coming again. Uh, I once heard that you could take the Holy Scriptures and that in their own way, once in every 25 verses, mention is made about the return of Christ. And certainly it is a significant teaching in God's Word. This morning we're going to turn to the book of Revelation and we're going to read the entire chapter of Revelation 21 and then the first verse in this 22nd chapter. And I'll just make this comment at the front end is that we note that the book of Revelation, that it is not revelations, it is a revelation that was given to the Apostle John. He was on an island, the Isle of Patmos, and he received this revelation. And it speaks about very, very significant things concerning heaven and our hope for a permanency of eternal life. Let's listen as I start reading. <clears throat> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. I will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, our crying, our pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy of, uh, beg your pardon, trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty I will give water 
without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come and I will show you the bride, the life, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and on the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the very he measured the city with the rod and found it to be twelve hundred stadia in length, and as wide and high as it is long. The angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was a hundred and forty-four cubics thick. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third one agate, the fourth one emerald, the fifth one onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, and the tenth turquoise, and the eleventh jacobeth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve, twelve pearls. Continues to listen. Each gate made of a single pearl. The great street street of the city was of gold and pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will enter it, nor anyone who does uh, what is shameful or deceitful, but only whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then in the 22nd chapter in verse 1, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear, clear as crystal, Flow, excuse me, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb of God. Great teachings from Revelation 21 and 22. I want us to, this morning, to note that as we think about these two chapters, Revelation 21 and 22, is that many regard these as two of the more favorite chapters of the entire Bible. 
These two chapters have been blessed of God to uplift the discouraged, to comfort the bereaved, to resist temptation, to strengthen the dying, and to motivate the believer as much as any in the entire Bible. And what we're going to do is look at these chapters from a numerical standpoint. Friend, let me ask you, all of us, a question. Do we think enough about the teachings in God's word in respect to heaven? You see, friends, and I've possibly mentioned this since we have started our podcast, is that we have to be careful in that we can become so involved in living that we fail to realize that one day we will die. And then on the other side of the ledger, we can get so involved in dying that we fail to live life to its fullest. So what, needless to say, we want to seek to do is get a good handle on it and try to keep balance from both standpoints. I want us to notice as we look at these chapters that uh, at the end of time, there is only one person who is in control of everything. These uh, words or thoughts are borne out in the 21st chapter here of Revelation in verse 2 through 7. And that person is God. God who made this world, loved this world, sent his son into this world, is in control. And we need to understand that one one day uh, when life is over, the one, only one, who will be in control control at the end of time is God the Father, Jesus the Christ. He will be victorious, and you and I must understand as we study life and as we study the greatest book in the world, the Bible, is that is the way it will be when the end of time comes. We need to notice that when all is finished, time shall be no more. There are only two destinies for your soul. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We see in Revelation 2, uh, 21, 1, uh, this particular thing about heaven, and then also in the eighth verse of that 24th chapter that the other destiny is hell. Today, each of us is on the road to one place or the other. You see, friends, we move each day closer to eternity, to the home of God, or to the home of Satan. And friends, as we're sharing this message and sharing these thoughts, I would like for you to ask yourself and to be honest with yourself. Do you, do I believe that we are living such a life that from all that is said in the Holy Word, that we are headed toward heaven? And if you are not, friend, I encourage you to continue to listen to this message and to understand that over and over and over again, the greatest friend we will ever have says, come unto me, come unto me. I have a place prepared for you and you can share in the permanency of this place, this place called heaven and live forever. Also, I want us to notice that there is a threefold invitation to all of us to come to heaven. In reading that 21st chapter in verse 7, the Spirit of God calls us to come. The bride of God, the church, 
calls us to come. And the individual believer is commissioned to call us to come. The, the Bible says the thirsty are invited, and whosoever will may come. Come is God's favorite words. As we read in Paul's words to Timothy, he says that I paraphrase, he came that all mankind might be saved. Now friends, it appears today as we look at our world that these words, such words as saved, such words as heaven, somehow another have gotten lost. But I encourage you to understand, if you study the greatest book, the Holy Bible, the book of books, is that if you study that, that you will see those are very important words. Just think about, friends, coming to the end of our lives, have never acknowledged our belief in Christ, have never acknowledged our need for him and for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we leave this world without hope. How sad that is. Because you see, outside of Jesus Christ, there is no hope of eternal life. We think about this word come, it was given to Noah. It was given to the little children. Come unto me, the little children were very important to Christ. To the weary and to the heavy laden. Notice that there is a fourfold statement of the permanency of eternity. Friends, this is hard to grab a hold of, and it takes a lot of deep thinking. It is not something for the faint of heart. And that is in verse 11, in this 21st chapter, we read, excuse me, please, about the permanency of heaven. It said, it's shown with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper or clear as a crystal. Death seals our character and nature forever. You may change in life, but not after death. How important it is to get right with God in this life while there is still time. Also that we notice that heaven is mentioned five times in these two chapters. Heaven reminds us of Elijah who was taken up in a fiery chariot and in a whirlwind. Heaven makes me think of Jesus, our Lord, who went up into heaven and will return in like manner. Heaven brings to mind Jacob, who saw the ladder ascend out of heaven with angels ascending and descending upon it. I think of the baptism of Jesus when the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and the voice of the Father was heard. Heaven reminds me of Stephen, who saw heaven open and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Also, we notice as we continue in this 21st chapter that six titles are given as to where we will dwell in heaven. I am 76 years old, and if I make it to January the 23rd, I will be 77. And I find myself thinking very, very much about leaving this world. I find myself asking such questions. What happens when I take my last breath? And we will address this at another time, but we know the great words of Paul to the Corinthians. And he said, to be absent in the body is to be present with Christ. And so when we look at the scriptures, he talks about where we will be in heaven. Heaven is called the holy city. Revelation 21, 2. 
It is called the new Jerusalem, not the old, but the new. The bride in Revelation 2 and 9. The Lamb's life, wife, and that is the church, that great city. That's a, that's a very important name for where we will be, the holy Jerusalem, and we will share in uh, the glories of heaven. We need to notice seven churches and seven angels are alluded to. And I'm sure you have heard possibly somewhere along the line that the word seven represents perfection. God created our world and on the seventh day he rested and the word seven seems to carry the thought of perfections. You see, God's love is an equal counterpart to God's wrath because both are to the uttermost when manifest. God's mercy and grace are as real as God's judgment. And also notice that there are eight groups who will not make heaven their home. And friends, this is rather somber. And uh, the world, again, apparently uh, has lost sight of this or maybe has had some knowledge of it, but no longer believes it. And uh, wouldn't it be awful to leave this world only to find out that we were totally wrong if we had not placed our faith in Christ? The Bible tells us in this book of Revelation, as uh, we read, uh, we read the verses earlier starting with verse 8, and it says the fearful, that means those who are afraid to accept Christ, the unbelieving, those who will not believe the word of God on matters of salvation, on matters of sin, and on matters of judgment. Now, friends, if you appreciate the Bible, love the Bible, believe the Bible, you know that it says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And there is a, that verse that we really need to put in our minds. It's very easy to understand. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. The Bible says there's no place <clears throat> in heaven for the abominable, those polluted, contaminated with evil. No place in heaven for murderers, those who kill people directly or indirectly. Oh, I think about the millions and millions of good people, but bless their hearts, who have chosen to kill their babies. How sad. Nothing short of murder. And unless that sin is genuinely and completely repented of, we stand in a dangerous position. Whoremongers, those who break God's law concerning sex, my, oh my, how we have lost respect for God and respect to sexuality. As Dr. Billy Graham said, that sexual sins are some of the most dangerous sins that we can commit. This being the fall season of the year, I think about uh, the, uh, uh, the harvest and all, and one of the great verses that comes to my mind is whatever we sow, we will reap. And a lot of times we'll reap it sooner than later. There is no place, as he writes here in the Revelation 21, 7 or 8, that there is no place for the sorcerer, literally a dealer in drugs and witchcraft. There's no place in the kingdom of God for those who are idolaters, those who put or worship anything above God. And then there's no place for liars, liars without remorse, remorse. Lying contradicts the very character of God. Jesus said, 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And notice there are nine names of the Lord found here. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Lamb, the Lord God, the first and the last. Jesus, root and offspring of David, bright and morning star. And also, Lord Jesus Christ, how powerful these names are of our Lord. We need to notice that there are 10 things found no more when we get to heaven. In this, this chapter 21 and, and 22, uh, we read where it says there will be no more sea. There will be no more death. There will be no more funerals, cemeteries, or obituaries. No more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. No more temple. No more sun, moon, night. No more darkness forever. Hell will be the outer darkness. No more curse. The curse of Genesis 3 is that all separates this world from being like the Garden of Eden, with the only exception being sinful man. And then we notice that 11 times in the last two chapters of the Bible, we are told to obey the sayings of this book, the commands of God, and the words of this prophecy. We are to obey God's word. Now let's dwell on this for just a moment or two, friend. Are you living in obedience to God's word? This sounds to be rather strong knowledge, not strong wording, but friends, there is nothing more important. I think in this time that we're sharing, this pandemic time, this COVID-19 time, all of the happenings that have been taking place for the last six, seven months, that we have seen in many ways how powerless we are. We have seen what, if we would call it like it is, what Satan can do in the hearts and in the minds of people. We have become so, so unruly, so, so unkind, so unlike the way that Christ would have us to live. Friend, I hope and pray, as I say often from the pulpit where I preach, we need to take a look at our lives. Look at where we have been. Look at where we are. And look at where we're going with our lives. It's only one life. It's only one life. And it soon will pass, as the saying goes. And only the things that we do for Jesus Christ these are the only things that will last. And that place that we're talking about today, heaven, a place of permanence, a place of permanence. Nothing is spoken about after you, I, and all get to heaven about there being another judgment day, about there being another uh, time or another city to where we will go. No, that's not the case. We're going down a road and friends, we ought to be grateful because we know we're going to die unless the Lord returns before we die. We ought to see how wonderful this is that we have a home prepared. As we read in John, the 14th chapter, I have gone, 14th chapter, I have gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. That's hope. No other person, no other religion, no other entity 
gives us the hope of living in a heavenly city, living in permanency, living for eternity, in a place where there's no pain, suffering, heartache, and on and on we can go. Also, we notice that in these last two chapters, that, uh, uh, as I mentioned, obedience is so important. Friend, if you've never obeyed him, why don't you obey him? Uh, you can give me a call at our church at 859-792-6829, and I'll be happy to come to you no matter where you are and share with you and help you to be prepared for a life of eternity. We never know when we're going to leave this world. We do not know what's going to happen with still with this pandemic and all that is still raging. But we have seen how limited, how we are limited, how we see that we have such a great need to rely upon God and his great promises. And the last thing that we notice as we have read this chapter, the twelves of the city, there are twelve gates, angels, tribes, twelve foundations, twelve apostles, twelve thousand furlongs, twelve pearls, twelve manner of fruit. Very interesting, and all of this is very comprehensive. But friends, one thing for sure that we can easily glean is that Christ has gone to prepare for you. Put your name in that place of you. And we believe God's word. We believe he said, he meant what he said. He said what he meant, and he's got a place prepared. I hope and pray that you will slow down. Ask yourself, where do I want to spend my years, my entire life after I leave this world? I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. Let us pray. Our Father, we're so thankful to you for giving us an eternal home. We many times have minimized such a shame. So many have sought to uh, be their own interpreters. As we read in the Holy Bible, it says in the last verse in the book of Judges that everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. We, if we're going to be your children, have got to realize that you are the ultimate authority and that when time is no more, the only one who will be there will be God. We want to be prepared to meet you. We want to be prepared to go to heaven. I pray, Lord, you'll bless our nation, bless the men and women serving our country. We pray that we can f find a cessation of the COVID-19 virus. We pray that we can see more love toward all people and less problems with all the different nationalities. This Lord guide us in life that we might be salt, that we might be light, and that we would realize if we're going to have a better America, a better tomorrow while we're here on the face of the earth, it will be in proportion to where we have placed our faith. Bless each listener. In the Master's name we pray. Amen.